It is time for this week in location-based marketing. On today's packed show, is Facebook launching a location-based ad platform? And why, 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 why is Google getting into fleet management? My goodness. Plus, our usual bevy of deals, acquisitions, and our resource of the week. Plus, we've got a special, special guest, Holger Ludorf, who is the VP of Business Development for Foursquare. Told you it was packed. It's coming up right now. Welcome, everybody. This is episode number 83. Asif and I are doing this live, as you can see, the two of us up on the screen. It is June 24th, I believe. It's a Sunday night. Asif, how are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. well I, I, I cannot complain, man. I'm uh, I'm doing exceptionally well. A little bit of lack of sleep, but uh, doing exceptionally well. Uh, my name, Rob Woodbridge, on Tether.tv, that place you go to. It's a resource for everything that is mobile-related. You could possibly want great commentary, great interviews, long-form discussions, deep dives into the mobile industry. It's the place where you, you actually want to go and find out what makes a lot of these businesses tick. And you just met Asif. There you go, Asif. There you go. I'm Asif Khan, Location-Based Marketing Association. And uh, you can find uh, us at thelbma.com or thelbma on Twitter. Yeah, what more is there to say? I think 83 episodes. Hey, we're uh, we're getting exactly. Old. You know what I'm impressed though is that uh, we haven't been fired. We haven't uh, found they haven't found replacements for us yet. Uh, no strikes. You know, it doesn't matter. We, we just we just press on, and uh, we we know that there are a few of you out there listening. So we appreciate the fact that you do that each and every week. Now, 83 weeks strong. My goodness. So, uh, Asif, we're going to jump right into the show, but uh, just two seconds before I do that, I am really looking forward to your keynote at Untether Talks this coming week. Um, It will not be recorded and distributed or displayed anywhere else other than the people that are sitting in the audience, and I can't wait to at least have a lot of media talk about what you're talking about. It is going to be a great show, so I'm really, really, really looking forward to that, and I have to say, very, very, um, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you for being a part of this. I'm looking forward to this exceptionally well. I'm looking forward to it as well. I think it's going to be a great session. I'm going to be uh, doing something a little bit different than what I normally do. Um, kind of talking about normally. Normally, as you know, I talk about kind of what's going on and who's doing what in location. But I'm going to talk a little bit about kind of a little bit more about the future and a look to the past. I'm going to channel a little Aristotle and Plato and uh, see what we can do. Um, so it should be I, fun. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be a good day, and then I, I get yeah. the uh, privilege of uh, of actually sitting and, and moderating uh, the panel that follows your keynote with uh, with guys like yeah. Dave Fleet. I, I mean, and, and Macaulay, who's from uh, Maple Leaf Sports. Uh, this is going to be a good. This is going to be a good session. It's something I'm. I'm. Uh, yeah, as I said, I can't thank you enough for being a part of it. Really do appreciate that. So, uh, we, I, I, we, I don't want to make this a pitch. So we are going to jump right into what a week. Um, huge announcements. We're not even talking about Microsoft. And their announcement uh, last uh, last Monday of uh, of their tablet and the way they around that because it has nothing to do with this, but it's all a buzz. Everybody's a buzz about that. But we're talking about Facebook launching their location based uh, uh, ad platform. We even talking about Google Coordinate, which is that uh, fleet management. We got some great deals. One acquisition. We got Holger. We've got a great resource. So what do you say we just jump into the top five stories that has passed? Yeah, let's do it. So first off. Everybody's talking about this. These, you know, uh, Facebook's uh, biggest uh, detractors pointed out very quickly around their IPO that their weakest link is the mobile space. They have 900 plus million users on the traditional Facebook. There are over 500 million mobile users and growing at an insane rate. And they themselves have have admitted that uh, mobile is their uh, black hole, their fog of war. They don't know how to monetize. But here might be that first step into the system, legitimate step, which is a location-based ad network. How legit is this? First, what is it and how legit is this, Asif? Yeah, um, well, for, first of all, let, let's be clear that Facebook uh, has not officially come out and said, we're announcing a location-based ad network. Uh, however, several sources uh, and several articles have been written uh, pointing to various sources and interviews uh, that indicate otherwise, that indicate that, uh, in fact, they are doing this. Um, and while there's no official date and time and uh, when it's going to happen, apparently they've been testing, they've been trialing and beta with, with a number of, of uh, customers, uh, a new sort of revamp Facebook offers. 
what I gather is is that this is uh, you know trying to address that weakness that you you just alluded to that mobile uh, you know lack of a mobile strategy, um, and I think there's two things that have happened at Facebook since they first tried offers. You know, one is is the acquisition of Goala, uh, which sort of empowers them a little bit you know better to understand uh, location based um, engagement. And two is is the acquisition uh, last year of uh, Relation, which is a uh, hyperlocal sort of ad targeting platform as well. And so when you when you sort of look at those things, I think they've got a lot of good assets there. We've talked about you know the Instagram and other acquisitions. Um, so they certainly got you know great intelligence in house on how to make this stuff happen. Um, and it makes sense that they'd be out testing offers again. What I suspect is going to happen here is that. If they, if in fact they do launch something, um, and from what I'm sort of picking up, reading between the lines on some of the articles that have been written, is that this won't be necessarily based on a check-in. Uh, it will simply be sort of passive. Uh, you've agreed to share your location simply by using Facebook's mobile application to do whatever you do, and based on that data, they will push you uh, information and offers that are relevant. Um, you know, to you based on location. So, um, more of a passive approach than a sort of an active check-in and response uh, with an offer. Do you think? Uh, do you think that that's going to turn people off? Do you think that uh, it's going to be too much of an invasion of privacy? You know, when you've got 500 million users in the mobile space using Facebook's uh, mobile app, um, like, are, are they okay to, to anger 250 million of them and then monetize the other half? Uh, I, I think what what Personally, I, I think it's a good move if they do this. I mean, now I live and breathe location twenty four seven three sixty five. So, but but I think it's a good move, and I think it's a good move because if they do it, while some people will get annoyed, there's no question there's going to be an annoyance factor for a certain group. I don't think the percentage is going to be high enough that to, that it would dissuade them from continuing on. And 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 if they do do so, I think enough people will will take on to it. Um, you know, like if you've got 500 million people on the mobile platform and all of a sudden 100 million people agree with this move and, and, and engage with you, you've now become one of the largest location-based offer platforms, you know, overnight, effectively, you know, five times the size of Foursquare. So, um, you know, and then I think, I think you're basically setting the, setting the bar for the others to then catch up. There's no doubt that the data that Facebook is collecting from us, whether it's on the website or on a mobile device, is the most comprehensive data analytics of every human that is a part of Facebook than any other service, any other social network. It is by far the largest one because it's not only about your interactions directly with Facebook, it is about the location that's tagged on the Instagram photo that you're posting, the Yelp review, yep. whatever you're doing, all the, all the apps that feed into that, it's all location based. It is. It's all it's all part of the uh, social graph and the location graph that Facebook has on you and uh, it is a very powerful powerful mechanism. I'm just I I think that maybe there's going to be a little bit of an awkwardness to the way that they roll these ads out. I'm very interested to see because they can't just do what everybody else has done. They have to use this with kid gloves and they have to be able to they have to reinvent advertising as we know it because they re they invented you know, friending and liking pretty much, right? So yeah, I, I would be very disappointed if they, all they did was just roll out the same old humdrum that we're seeing today. With such a powerful network, they've got to be able to do something a little bit better. And uh, yeah, right. jury's out, but you're right. They have to turn revenue on. And uh, I'm sure that uh, Mark Zuckerberg, I don't know him, <laughs> but you, you know him and he delayed revenue for so long with Facebook and still they're only generating, what, between three and a half and seven billion dollars in revenue so it's not a lot compared right. to their valuation, but he must sure. be just sitting there like like feeling icky about doing this. So, uh, but it's probably a good thing for the for the Facebook shareholders as well. So we'll see. Yeah, no, no, they got to do something, and, and if this is in fact the move that they're going to make, you know, I, I think it's it's worth a shot personally. But you know. well, it's it's they have to do something. So uh, any idea? Like, yeah. are they talking about a fall rollout, a, a summer rollout? No, yeah. I mean. Again, I haven't talked to anybody at Facebook, but from others that I've talked to in the industry, that's what I'm hearing is, is you know, sometime this fall, but right. I don't know. Well, Facebook, we'll see. We'll be watching this, of course. And as it comes out, as we get development, we'll bring it to you here, whether it's just a part of the story or news views or something like that. So 
There you go. All right, uh, second story. Uh, this is a company called Loco Shake uh, that they've launched uh, this product called Loco Shake. You know, uh, this looks this looks like a lot of other products, Asif, doesn't it? It does. It's um, you know, so it's another social discovery. Find your friends around you. Um, the focus seems to be on privacy in particular around this and sort of giving you lots of control. I, I mean, so I obviously I support that notion. I think if you're going to build an app in this space, um, giving the, you know, the user as much control um, and flexibility as possible makes sense. But I, I really don't see anything that's unique about it. Uh, in fact, when, when I read this, it reminded me of Glimpse, which uh, you know has been out for three, four years now. Um, and uh, you know, sort of had very similar uh, approach to the market. Um, so the idea here is, is you know, share your location, but uh, you know, not with necessarily everybody that's following you. You know, choose specific friends you want to share it with. Um, and in the case of Glimpse, you can also specify uh, for time, you know, certain time periods, like only share my location for the next three hours. Sort of in a geofencing model with certain group people. Um, and so they, they sort of taken a, a similar approach. So you can share your location with everybody. You can share it with only friends. Uh, you can share your exact location or an approximate location. In this case, um, again, I don't, I don't, I don't see what's uh, uh, what's so different about it and how they, you know, how they're going to build user base. I mean, the one thing they got going in their favor is that the founder is Tom Lassiter. Uh, this is a guy who's. A well-known entrepreneur uh, founded PeerMe back in the uh, in the 90s, and has done a few other companies, uh, other internet startups in China and Asian markets. So, um, you know, so obviously, you know, he knows what he's doing. Um, but uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just not seeing enough of a differentiator here, to be honest with this one. Yeah, it's another uh, same thing. Like Loco Shake, uh, these are these are companies that um, I think they come and they go because um, and it, it, sometimes they strike lightning, which is what you see in a lot in you know in something like Foursquare or something like like Facebook uh, or or Path yep. or any of these other companies that are doing similar things or Glimpse, um, and and this is yet another social network, right? So you have to be a part of this in order to be able to see, uh, you know, your friends, right? Whereas companies like apps like Highlight or even Banjo, it, you know, it, it uses the, the open APIs of all the other social gra social uh, networks in order to be able to feed into this. So, you know, I'm mixed on this. Good pedigree on the not only the founder, but the investors. But, but uh, you know, I think that this stuff now gets lost. And if you're, if you're not bringing something that is of utmost of true value, that is beyond what you can already get with an existing application with a much larger install base. Uh, I say don't mm -hmm. don't do it unless there's uh, something of, of of great value in this. So I didn't see anything here either. It's um, it's it's kind of like uh, you know everybody's trying trying to do the same thing, and I, I don't like this me too thing that I'm starting to see in the mobile space at all. Yeah. So well, Local Shake, if, if this is something that you're worthwhile, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to them. So don't be disheartened, Local Shake. I want to have you on for a full untether episode to discuss this and, and make sure that we get your differentiator yeah. and then we'll bring a clip over here so that we can actually uh, give you an opportunity to to talk. So uh, I will open it up because I, I want to love what you're doing. How's that? I want to. I want to. There you go. Go check them out at locoshake, L-O-C-O shake.com, locoshake.com or just uh, check them out on the App Store. They're coming soon to Android and to BlackBerry, which is interesting. I like that. All right, Asif. Third story. Mm -hmm. Google, what is this called? Google Coordinate. All right. First, yes. should should I play the video or do you want to describe what's going on here? No, play, play the right, video. I'm going to play, play the video. video. And this is a uh, this was announced uh, quite recently this week, wasn't it? The uh, yeah. Yes. So I'm going to just I'm going to throw up a video here of uh, of a description of what uh, exactly Coordinate is. And uh, then we're going to come back and we're going to have a conversation around this. It should be a good conversation. Here it is. Imagine you are the owner of an alternative power business. You arrive at work one day as a storm is brewing and find out that one of your new wind turbines has been damaged. What do you do? Since your operations team uses Google Maps Coordinate to visualize all workers and jobs on one map, 
When a problem arises, they can quickly assign jobs to the nearest available worker. And in this case, you can use Google Maps Coordinate to create a new job and assign it to Eric, the technician who's closest to the damaged turbine. Eric, in turn, uses the Google Maps Coordinate app on his phone to see and update jobs, making it easy to stay organized and stay in touch with the operations team back at home base. Eric checks into the turbine job, which lets everyone else see that the problem is being worked on. Once he's finished the repairs, Eric updates the job on his phone, and you can immediately see that the task is complete. What if another turbine goes out? You can see that Brian is the next closest technician, so you dispatch him right away. Eric sees on his phone that Brian is nearby, so he goes over to help. And since Brian is using Google Maps Coordinate too, he instantly sees that Eric is on his way. When entire teams use Google Maps Coordinate, the right people get the right assignments at the right time. More jobs get completed per day, and damaged wind turbines don't stay damaged nearly as long. Learn more about Google Maps Coordinate at maps.google.com coordinate. All right, so that is Google Maps Coordinate. What? Is Google Maps yeah. coordinate, man? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, uh, you know, this is a, a business uh, service for, uh, you know, those that want to manage their mobile employees and workforce and fleets, potentially. So I, I think it's less a fleet, fleet management service and more of a mobile workforce management uh, service. Um, the example in that video, I think, is is a bit wacky. I think it's, it's kind of out there, you know... I actually see some good use cases for this. If you're a small business, if you're a pizza delivery uh, company, you want to see where your people are, you know, those kinds of things. You know, small businesses that can't afford sort of, you know, the more traditional uh, fleet or workforce management uh, programs, you know, this makes sense to me. Uh, and there's actually a business model around this. They actually charge for this. So, you know, I, I like that aspect of it. And, you, know, you know, when you see Google come out and say, hey, this is... You know, $15 per user per month. Um, and, and this, it hasn't launched yet, by the way. It launches in September, September the 1st. Um, once they start charging for it, you, you can sign up now uh, and, uh, to kind of get on the beta program. But um, it's kind of cool in, in a sense, um, you know, but, but I think that uh, there's some limited use cases around this. Certainly not, I don't, I don't see the use case that they outlined there with, you know, wind turbines and, and whatever. But, you know, if you're running a local pizza shop and you want to know where your delivery guys are, okay, I get it. Um, you know what I also get around this uh, as a potential application is right now uh, is uh, political campaigning, fundraising, posters, flash mobs, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, kind of knowing where, where your people are from that perspective, the guys who are out knocking on doors and all of that, okay, I get it for that. Um, but... I'm not. I'm not necessarily agreeing with that. With the example from that video, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, my my view. Uh, I wonder why Google's getting into this business. Um, you know, I think that it. Uh, this is a great business to be in, and there are literally thousands of other companies that are doing this. And it's uh, combined. It's. I mean, it's not going to be a billion dollar industry for Google. It. It, it just. It. It seems like. You know, they've. They've uh, confined their view about what services they're going to be on, and so you know they've they've dumped a whole bunch of of, of great product, and uh, they've mm -hmm. kept and then they launched something like this. It just it, it you know we're talking about a company that has revolutionized search, that is that has revolutionized email and storage and the cloud and documents, and they've changed you know they've taken Microsoft Office as uh, you know. Um, stand as the, the dominant platform and challenged it. They're launching, uh, you know, they've launched browsers and operating systems and mobile platforms. And what the fuck are they doing with this, <laughs> right? It just seems so pedestrian for Google to be in this business. I understand that they can, but that doesn't always necessarily mean that they should. And this is one of those things that I think, what are they doing? They should be partnering with somebody to enable somebody to do this and not do it themselves. So, so, so he, here, he, here's my yeah. response to that. And, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go pro, pro Google on this for a second. So, so, so when you think about the success that they've had on the mobile platform with Android, and you know, and obviously Google is the dominant player today on the Maps front, even though Apple's is now ch challenging them, and and we'll see what happens with that. But for the moment, let's say Google Maps is is king. by far, um, yeah. by far, and and Android's doing pretty well for itself. By far, so, yes. so now, 
so, so put to, to put yet another nail in the coffin of RIM, mm -hmm. which has owned enterprise and business forever in this space. If, if we have to start thinking about Android as a business platform, and now you start to think about, okay, how do we bring applications to bear, uh, if we're Google, that help us position as a business platform and get more people on Android from that perspective, maybe this is the kind of thing that, that differentiates them in that space. I, I, would, ag I would agree with and that. And the second yeah. piece, yeah, so, so that's, that's where I see a nice feather in the cap here for Google uh, as an entry point into that market. Um, you know, I like that there's a revenue model. I'm concerned, however, that there's a revenue model because Google doesn't do business in this way where we have to collect fees every month from somebody and manage customer service issues and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I question whether they're capable of doing that. Um, but I like that there's a business model and I like that, you know, potentially they're trying to go after the business community, um, you know, and maybe steal some more rimmed market share. Which is bad because we're Canadian, but it's good because it, it, it's competition. Now, I, I totally, Asif, I totally agree. If this was like their uh, GPS and navigation app for, the, uh, for Android, right? That, that is basically democratized GPS and navigation apps down to, to free, yeah. right? That's, that's, that's pretty much what, what's happened here. Um, and it, so if they, if they included this service in Android-only phones for free, in order to entice enterprise customers into buying or, or committing to the Android platform, bingo, that is something that Google does very well, yeah. right? This is sure. a confusing thing for me because 15 bucks a month and, and, and all, as you said, the logistics around support and service, Google is, has not found their stride, shall we say, when it comes to service and, uh, and support. Like, who knows? Like, like I said, you can sign up now. It's free until yeah. September. Yeah. So they may, you know, who knows? I mean, they said that there's a, there's a, a fee yeah. around this. Maybe there won't be, right? Um, I guess it remains to be seen how much the, you know, how many users they can get on board between now and well, then. But all you have anyway, to do is uh, um, check it out. I mean, it's uh, it's got to be worthwhile uh, for you to check out if this is a business that you're interested in, and, and it's not just for wind farming, um, which is the weirdest, as you said, the weirdest example to use. Yeah, it's a strange like, example. Hey, when yeah, a wind yeah. farm goes down, when one of your wind powered turbines goes down, I'm telling you, Obama's going to be all. That's over probably what this. it is. It's a campaign. This is a, yeah. This I'm just interested to see if this service actually makes it to the light of day. But you can go to it. Just do a search for uh, for coordinate. Uh, on Google, just go Google coordinate and uh, and you will land there. And I'm I wonder um, I wonder what what this really is. Um, and if it is a, a Google uh, a Google Maps play, I think it's brilliant. If it's if it's to use Google Maps and Android to convince people to go to the uh, Android platform, that's all for it. Because I just on the on the Maps side is that with with Apple moving away from Google Maps, Google just announced I think it was yesterday or earlier today on Sunday. Um, that they are reducing the licensing costs for Google Maps as a yeah. result, so they don't lose any more large customers like Apple. And uh, so I think that they're they're kind of they got these products and they don't know how to monetize. It's tough. Google coordinate. Yeah. Coordinate. Yeah, check, it out. check it out. But you heard it here. It was the Steve's call when they when they put this in free in Android to entice you to come over to the Android platform as a business. You'll look at eight, episode number eighty three at about. 18 minutes in and think, wow, Asif is a freaking genius. Call it. It's like his Babe Ruth <laughs> shot. There it is. Boom. He's calling it. All right. There you go. Fourth story. I love this company. And we talked about this company uh, around um, maybe we were a little bit premature. We talked maybe about its its death uh, because of Apple uh, going with its own mapping system. But it turns out that Waze, this company we're about to talk about, is integrated into uh, Apple's uh, new mapping system uh, for crowdsourced uh, traffic data. And now, man, now which is, uh, you know, during the summer, gas prices go up, and now they're crowdsourcing gas station discount programs. I love these guys. Well, I mean, they, they continue to reinvent themselves and, and trying to find ways to make themselves, uh, you know, more relevant. And these guys, you know, they're not going away. they got 19 million users, apparently. What? Uh, That's incredible. On the platform, which is huge. Um, so they're right up there with Foursquare. I had no idea, they were, honestly, until I read this, that they had 19 million users. Because um, last, last time I saw it, they were like 10 or 11 or something like that. 
Um, but anyhow, um, so they're, they're, they're there, they're growing, they're hanging around, um, they're, you know, crowdsourced traffic uh, uh, data and, and now fuel discounts. And so, you know, as you said, gas prices typically go up in the summer. Uh, the idea here is is that um, you know what's what's really different about this is they're crowdsourcing this data. So you know it's other people that are other users of the system basically finding where the cheapest gas prices are, um, and they've got deals with uh, you know some some good sized chains like Hess and people like that in the in in the U.S. that are participating in this program, and uh, you can save five to ten cents on each gallon you buy. Uh, from one of the participating stations. There's 200,000 gas stations in, in the U.S. that have signed up for this already. Um, so it's kind of cool. It's, uh, it, it, I think it's kind of interesting. Well, I, I, I love this kind of stuff. It's the promise of, uh, of crowdsourcing. It's a promise of mobile. It's a promise of a, kind of a real-time mesh community around this, and there's nothing better than uh, directions, wayfinding, traffic, and gas prices. I think that this is this is exceptional. Next is going to be discounts for restaurants and those kind of things. But uh, I, I like this. And, and I like the fact that they do differentiate. And they're adding value. This is a, a complete value layer on top of everybody's mapping system, everybody's GPS system. Yeah. It's crowdsourced in real time. And now they've added gas. Man, I love that. So good on you. That's Yeah, so they've got, uh, sorry, uh, there's about 100, uh, sorry, uh, Vintner's own gas stations, so I'm just looking at the details here now, but 100 Shell gas stations in California, Come and Go, uh, 400 stations, Hess, 1,300 stations, um, So and they're growing that list, so it's kind of, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's good. It's really good, it's really good, and this is a perfect example of 19 million users, that's incredible, 19 million users, yeah. out of, like shot out of nowhere, relatively. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's the, uh, it's the three-year overnight success. So check it out. If you uh, want to save some money on gas this summer in the U.S., uh, try Waze. Waze. That's Waze.com. That's W-A-Z-E.com. Waze.com. Yep. All right, our last story. Uh, here, here's a perfect example of a location-aware, uh, weather-aware, uh, interest-aware uh, application, isn't it? Where we're talking about uh, insurance being targeted in uh, weather apps and go golf fans. And what what is this thing, Asif? <laughs> okay, so this is the, uh, the Weather Channel's app, basically, has done a deal with um, Traveler's Insurance uh, around golf, and in particular around the, uh, the Traveler's Championship, uh, which is uh, one of the events on the PGA Tour. Um, and, and so the idea here is, is that uh, apparently there's um, you know, some 250,000 people that uh, attend, this, uh, attend this event, pretty big number. There's 30 million people that uh, use the Weather Channel app. That's a big number. That's incredible. So, you know, about 19 million was big, but 30 million is uh, even bigger. Um, and, and so um, they're basically, as you said, I mean, we're this is geo-targeted ad, ads uh, on the Weather Channel app uh, promoting travelers' uh, insurance. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of an interesting thing. So they see this, uh, you know, the travelers has this sort of trademark red umbrella logo it shows up in a geo-targeted promotion um, and uh, it kind of sticks out a little bit from what, what I've gathered from reading this because most time most of the time you see on that uh, uh, you know just other sports ads and things like that not not insurance um, so it's kind of different um, we'll see whether it works I don't know yeah, the details are details are are not out yet obviously but we'll, we'll get to that point where where we find the results of this and it'll be interesting to see if that does work yeah, and I'm gonna uh, you know, reach out to the travelers folks after uh, after the event and see if we can get some uh, some data or a case study put together on this one. I think I think it's an interesting partnership to see insurance companies, uh, you know, sort of get involved with this. And obviously, the Weather Channel. I mean, with 30 million users, um, you know, that that's a big that's a big uh, a big deployment, right? And you know, big uh, potential number of eyeballs that they can hit. So just shows you that when when it comes down to basics, right? You get 19 million people who who are interested in getting home faster, 30 million people that are interested in the weather, and that's uh, that, that's just pretty much it. And and uh, and how many people are are you know signed up with Groupon in order to save money? So it's just it's the basics, the bare necessities that we're interested yep. in. It's nothing else complicated, right? Exactly. Well, those. Those were the there five stories that we talked about. We got we got a Facebook story, we got a Google story, we got a Waze story, we got this you know the Weather Channel story with uh, with uh, Travelers Insurance. Uh, we got a launch of a product, and it's all in there in the five stories. Those those were the five stories this week. What do you think? Did we miss any? 
Should your company be in there? Did you release something? Reach out on tether at gmail.com or seif at the lbma.com. Let us know. We would gladly take some user-submitted stories, put them in this, mix it into the fold, and come up with something really, really special, especially if you have uh, a need to understand it. So those are the five stories for this past week. Great stories, Asif. Great, great, great stories. I can't wait to see how these things uh, uh, unfold in the coming months, especially Facebook and especially Google. All right, I had a, a great opportunity, as uh, I do whenever there, uh, whenever there's a major release around Foursquare, uh, to sit down with uh, Holger Ludorf, who is now the VP of Business Development. He was the VP of Mobile back then. I asked him about that in the interview about his his uh, role switch. Um, but you'll have to go into Untether.tv on Tuesday and Wednesday of this coming week uh, to actually hear the rest of the interview. But I also asked him. We talked about this before about. Um, about Foursquare, Yelp, and, and this relationship and how Foursquare is stepping into uh, Yelp's space about, around discovery and recommendation. Mm -hmm. So I asked him that question. And uh, I asked him what his super metric was around, um, you know, what, what Foursquare th judge themselves on around numbers. We've heard these numbers, 20 million users, uh, 2 billion check-ins, 40 million locations, and many millions of photos. But I asked him, what are the numbers that they that they judge themselves against, and I asked asked them about how how they how they uh, deal with the you know moving into Yelp's space. So Holger is great. I I, I love that uh, he's in there, um, and uh, it's a great great interview for the rest of it. But here's just a small clip where he answers those two questions. He also in the full interview has a great uh, has some great insight into their view on BlackBerry and where they're going in BlackBerry. So if that interests you as well, it's towards the end. Uh, which will be up on Wednesday. So without further ado, here's Holger talking about Yelp and their magic metrics. We'll be back on the flip. I start to think about um, you guys encroaching on the Yelp space and, and how great a partnership would be with Yelp. And and uh, do you guys look at that? Uh, you said it in our last interview. Look, look, Rob, we don't really focus on what our competitors or what others are doing. We focus on exactly what it is that we're trying to do and, and yep. we, we follow that path. But but when you when you bump into these little areas like restaurant reviews and those kind of things, do you start to think, um, or or is it just this is a natural evolution of the product? Yeah, no, it it yeah, I have to basically repeat, uh, Rob. What <laughs> okay, I said. that's fine. It is not really something that you know we're not out to uh, compete against certain companies. I think all of these guys, including Yelp, are doing a great job on their own. They have a different angle to it, and um, you know, but we think that the way we are approaching it with the, the, the social content that we're providing, with the ability to kind of divvy up social signal and base it on friends versus non-friends and so forth. Um, we think that's the, from our perspective, That's the approach. differentiator, right? Uh, that's how you guys differ from all the other guys, yeah. Yeah, but also I think the ability for us, I mean, the, the way we've come from, you know, basically zero uh, three years ago to these 20 million users, 20, uh, 2 billion check-ins, 40 million points of interest. I don't know the exact number of photos and so forth and tips that we have in the in the system. And by the way, having that completely global, not just U.S. centric, right, right, right. I think is right. uh, is something we're really proud of. And um, I think it was definitely done by design clearly, but it wasn't by design to compete against specific companies. I think in order to be a successful startup, you have to kind of execute your own strategy and your own vision. And I think that's what Dennis and the product and engineering team. But, you know, I, I mean, it's almost like the it, it's evolved, right? So you, um, I, I read a great article. Um, it was an interview with you, and you talked about the fact that listen, the 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 product 5.0 is as mm -hmm. a direct result of all of our customers and them telling us what they want in the product. Um, and uh, mm -hmm. how much did you guys balance? their requests with you know that vision and, and did it waver or did it change the way that you went as a result of taking in feedback mm -hmm. like that yeah that's an interesting question i think um if anything it was pretty amazing and sometimes frustrating to see how you know you can imagine everybody in the company today at foursquare are all like very heavy users and there were certain things in the new app that um were designed for, for new users or for kind of more the average user with the average amount of friends and so forth. And so um, I think the product team has done a great job, and, and Dennis as well, in saying no to certain things and, and basically staying true to their vision and how it can add the most value to the most people. Um, that's not always easy, right? I think it's always harder to say no to things. 
it's always easy to kind of like add one more bell and whistle to, to a certain application and one more functionality. But then very quickly, you end up with a very complex and difficult application. So, uh, you know, one thing I think that the team did really well is uh, keep it very simple and actually, uh, you know, um, basically tailor the application to kind of the average user instead of tailoring it to Foursquare employees who are heavy <laughs> users. I mean, I've heard Eric Reese say something to the equivalent um, that uh, just one more feature kills products. Like, you know, just one more feature kills yeah. products. And, and obviously you guys adhere to that because, um, you know, simplicity is the hardest thing to achieve. Uh, and it might seem easy, but it's, it's very difficult. Um, what, about, uh, what about this, um, you know, a, a, you guys have gone through this development. You've, you've uh, built a user base. You know, when we start talking about these numbers, 20 million users, 2 billion check-ins, 40 million locations globally, however many of millions of photos. You know, I've heard this statistic that, that um, a check-in with a photo, uh, you know, amplifies, it's like eight times or nine times the viewership, the number of people that actually interact with that photo than not. So it's, it's like a social media secret as well. But um, so, you know, all these numbers... I mean, do they matter to you? Are these kind of like uh, vanity numbers? And, and what are the metrics that you guys are looking at when, when you're going deep into the data to say, okay, okay, check mark, we've hit that, we're doing things right, we are moving the needle for this company. Do you, do you have those metrics? Yeah, absolutely, we do have those metrics. I mean, we, we do think it's important, uh, you know, how many check-ins we've generated for total and, and you know how much venue data we have and how much metadata behind the venue data because ultimately it gives us an indication of what we can do in terms of local recommendations. For example, Explore. Explore is powered by these two billion check-ins and only uh, because we have this social signal and we know what you, Rob, or your friends in Toronto like, can we give you a recommendation for that specific sushi place? Right, so they are yes, to a degree, also vanity numbers, but ultimately they are, you know, really what powers a lot of the power behind uh, behind the Foursquare application. Um, we're clearly monitoring this. We're trying to enhance the data uh, when we can. Um, we're trying to, you know, get better signal, and you know, I see, you see, I think you see some some reflection of that uh, in the application as well. Um, and we we clearly, you know, track how. Um, you know how people are using the new app versus the old app, and, and that's you know always kind of interesting content and interesting comparison. So uh, yes, we very much see that. But the good news is, you know, I can't go into too much detail, but the results that we've seen so far are very very encouraging. What can you say about Holger? I mean, uh, great guy, insightful guy. Interviews about forty-one minutes long, long in total. Go and uh, and take a look at it if you're interested in this space, which you should be. Foursquare, the pioneer, the grandfather, the one who has actually withstood. Uh, you know, four years of building this industry and 20 million users, 2 billion checkouts. But uh, really appreciate Holger for doing that and, you know, for letting us use the clip on this week in location-based marketing. Thanks, Holger, if you're watching or listening. All right, let's finish this off with our funding and acquisition space. We're going to get into our resource, uh, wrap this up, uh, and then uh, get to bed or wake up. Yeah, one, one or the other. Whatever, whatever you're doing right now, you, the fine viewer and listener. Um, let's start with this uh, Singapore company called YFind, raising a small amount of money. But, uh, you know, small is all uh, relative these days. Uh, they, this company called YFind raises $1.5 million. What does YFind do? Asif? Well, YFind is a company we've actually talked about before. Um, they're one of the uh, sort of pioneers in the indoor location space, in particular running uh, you know, indoor GPS-type solutions over Wi-Fi, uh, which they call the Wi-Fi Wi-Find positioning system (YPS). Um, and so, yeah, this is what you know. What I like about their platform is, is it, it's it runs on all you know iPhone, Android, Windows, BlackBerry, uh, so they support everybody. Um, yeah, they've raised 1.5 million, led by uh, Walden uh, International and Innosite Ventures. Um, so yeah, really, this is just apparently from what I what I've gathered here, just more fuel into uh, kind of continuing to evolve the platform. They're you know they're kind of focused on patents, and you know they've got some good customer base uh, in the Singapore market. And potentially moving beyond that. So yeah, this is uh, I mean the indoor market is uh, is obviously important. Um, and yep. uh, these guys uh, just if you hit if you hit up y-find.com, 
which I'll put up there. There's a good demonstration video up there. Uh, you know, you'll see it in action. It does exactly what you would think it does, which is you're in a store. No, it knows exactly where you should be or where you're trying to get to or what's in front of you. So why find? Why hyphen find.com. Good for them. Yeah. Um, here, here's something interesting. Uh, you know, I've uh, for Untether uh, Talks, I'm using a, a company called Yap uh, for my event app. Uh, it's a third party application that you download the Yap framework. And then in the Yap framework, you subscribe to, uh, you know, say on Tether Talks. And it has, you know, all of the event listings and everything you need. It's all done over the web. It's a very efficient way of doing it. Uh, obviously, somebody, a company like Cvent, uh, this is an acquisition who bought Crowd Compass, is obviously trying to uh, accumulate a number of these companies in the event uh, planning and management space. Um, for you know to create a global player that's that's what i'm looking at yeah well it's interesting i read one article and it described cvent as one of the largest event management companies in the world that you've never heard of <laughs> um <laughs> and uh so apparently you know these guys are a big player uh in running events um and now they're moving hard into you know sort of the tools for for managing and running those events and mobile in particular they raised 136 million bucks last year, uh, and now they're spending some of that money. So uh, apparently, last week they went out and acquired, uh, did their first acquisition of a, a company called Seed Labs for 4.2 million. Uh, did that uh, an Austin-based company, and uh, and now this week they uh, bought Crowd Compass for 10 million. So, um, which is based in Portland, and um, yeah, this is the you know they're. they're uh, you know, Crowd Compass is, uh, you know, it, it's an um, app developer, you know, sort of suite of tools, mobile apps for you know, running events, as you said. So conferences, trade shows, so they're going after the hard after that sort of B2B event space um, and, you know, providing the tools for guys like you that are running events. Yes, and, uh, you know, I, I said I'm using Yap, which is another service, um, and uh, this is a this is a company that, that, that I found. It's still in beta, but they let me in uh, because I'm running uh, on Tether Talks, and we're a really good test for them. And, uh, you know, the pricing of it right now is is good because it's in beta, but uh, pricing is always going to be important for apps, beca for events, because as anybody who's run events, so see if and you know this for sure, uh, that you don't have a hundred grand to put down on an app at the end of the day. Uh, no. So... Um, it has to be effective. There has to be a great process involved. And, and you know, I was involved with a uh, with a company early on that was doing um, that was doing events, mobile events, and um, or mobile event applications. And it's a tough business to be in. So I, you know, good on Crowd Compass for for doing this and, and taking the exit for Cvent. And and I like what Cvent's doing. Uh, you know, this is obviously, as you said, a, a big player in this space. 146 million they raised. Start spending it. Yeah. yeah. Well, the app's another one. So if you're interested in yeah these guys the Crowd Compass guys I like them because you know they've got lots of experience in building I mean they they come out of the sort of building custom apps for for different events yeah. right um, and apparently they built like some like I don't know over 400 different apps or something like that um, We're just yeah I'm just you know, scrolling through right now and it's they've done apps for E Trade for Intuit for their conferences you know uh, Mercedes all, all kinds of people so yeah. Well, if you're interested, cvent.com or crowdcompass.com, if, if there's of any interest to you. And, you know, you might want to start putting your hand up if you're a, a an event something. Might might want to start directing some emails towards cvent. Just just saying. They got some yeah. they got some money to spend. Looks like they're they're starting to buy companies. All right, our last our last our last uh, funding news story is a company called uh, Totacell raising a small amount of money, two million dollars, but it brings their total raised to about four and a half. Uh, talk about Totacell. Yeah, so th this is a mobile uh, ad player uh, platform, if you want to call it that. Um, so two million in new funding um, from a company called Afterdocs, um, which is. Um, uh, a group I've not heard of, but I certainly know where they come from. Um, so apparently, this is a group of investors from that used to be uh, part of Amdocs. Um, so that's why, hence, Afterdocs. Um, <laughs> Tricky, yes. Uh, anyhow, um, so as, as you said, this uh, two, two million in new funding, uh, bringing it to four point three five. Uh, this company is generating some good cash. So apparently, their uh, total sales is doing about four hundred million in uh, in revenue every month. Uh, up from a hundred, hundred thousand. Sorry, four hundred thousand in revenue every month. Up from a hundred thousand. 
uh, per month last year. So they're certainly uh, grown their uh, their base. They got they hired Mark Lehman as the new CEO. Um, so 400% growth ain't bad year over year, I'd say. Um, and so this is some good uh, some good fuel in the tank. Um, and they're going to expand their um, their their offices, their footprints. So they're based in uh, in London, but uh, I guess I guess they're they're going to go international and go bigger uh, as well. So you know, hey, there you go. And and there's certainly a lot going on in this space. So uh, they compete with uh, companies called Mogreet, which raised four four million uh, for mobile video uh, in April, and also a company called Adelphic, which also raised two million recently. So um, so they're just trying to keep pace. Yeah, this doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, there is, there's, uh, I mean, they're targeting that that fact that there is such an incredible amount of uh, of excess ad inventory right now, and uh, and such a demand in the mobile space that th these guys need to be around. And and uh, and uh, but it seems like such a small amount. And uh, but this is this is a um, an ecosystem that is evolving, and there's still going to be some large players that that come out of this. And and, you know, I always wonder, same thing with what happened with Cvent is that this is just going to be kind of one day, you know, this company is going to look over here and say, okay, well, together, we could take over the world. And, um, and these small incremental investments will get them there. Uh, but I think that at some point, uh, you, you know, we're watching the we're watching the birth of the of the next great ad networks that are that are coming up for this. And, and again, I, if, if, um, if there's one thing that I learned, I learned it from from uh, Holger in the interview uh, from Foursquare, where he talked about their monetization strategy, and I look at Facebook's monetization strategy, and I think about the the display advertisement as a revenue model, and even our views. This is where we totally agree on that this is not the future of this this platform, and uh, and I think well, how long? What's the longevity of a company like this? So they're gonna they're gonna explode, they're gonna make a lot of money, right. and then it's just gonna start to decline precipitously, like the banner ad advertisement when there's only going to be a few players left making a crap load of money and one of them happens to be Google right so it's a tough tough market but I like it uh, I like these guys that are innovative and starting nipping at the heels of the uh, of the incumbents so that's it uh, yeah. that's uh, Todacell T-O-D-A-C-E-L-L dot com if you're interested Todacell raising two million that's it Three stories, two fundings, one acquisition, all in a week. If we missed anything that you think that should be there, if your company was funded or you were bought and you want to brag, reach out, untether at gmail.com or asif at the LBMA, um, and we will take the bragging. We will take it, and we will put it right here. You got it. We're proud of, we're proud of people that say yes to exits or yes to funding, so please, as long as it's smart funding. Our last piece this is, uh, I don't think that this is something of a surprise, but yet somebody, uh, again, did a big, uh, you know, a, a big study on this and came to the conclusion that, hey, you know what? Mobile search will fuel call-based ads. Huh. Here you go. Wait. So, yeah, so this is, uh, this is a study that was released uh, this past week at... Um, and uh, you know, sort of uh, part of the uh, mobile mobile local media event that was happening um, in, in or will happen in San Francisco uh, from BIA Kelsey. And uh, you know, these guys are huge players. BIA Kelsey, you know, big big players in the sort of local uh, search local listing uh, world. Uh, run lots of great events in this space, and and, and we, we partner with them on, on a few of them as well at the LBMA. But yeah, so they came out with this report uh, that said businesses spent 132.8 billion last year in the U.S. on local advertising, and um, they spent 68.4 billion uh, of that specifically to drive telephone leads. Uh, so this is uh, the relation. Uh, sorry, exploring that relationship between local advertising driving phone call leads uh, or click to calls in the case of mobile. Um, and, and I guess the, the stuff that's really interesting about it is, is that when, they, when you look at the data uh, and drill down a bit further around call conversion from local search, on desktop, uh, when you're searching on a desktop, 7% of, uh, of the searches result in a, uh, in a phone call. But when you're searching from a mobile device, it's 57%. Right? It's huge. 57% of the time when I when I generate a local search on my mobile device, that creates a phone call to a, to a local But, you business. know, that shouldn't surprise us because um, 
doesn't, but the numbers are. Well, huge, it's a huge right? discrepancy in, in between the two, and find is different from search, right? So search is what I do at my desktop. You know, I'm doing my research, yeah. but when I'm out and I'm around and I've got my device in my hand, I'm looking for something. I'm trying to find something, and that's the difference. And uh, the conversion rate should be much higher if they're doing their job properly. Fifty-seven percent is incredible versus seven percent, though. Yeah. The power of mobile. So there you have it. Check that out. We'll uh, try and track that study down, the full study, and get it up on the LBMA site. But in the meantime, we'll post the link to the uh, yeah. To you the just article. go to uh, Media Post uh, or do a search for mobile set to uh, search set to fuel call based ads, as you see on the screen there. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing. I mean, the, the thing that uh, the shift that's happening right now in that mobile space, the find versus search. It's very obvious. But it's also a change in mentality around the what, what you can expect. It's no longer a, a broadcast medium, right? This is a very narrow-casted medium. Right. So that 57% that 50, uh, click-to-call ratio on mobile versus 7 on the web uh, is something that I would expect simply because you're hitting a higher target of people, target, higher target number of people that would be interested in that service as opposed to just spraying and, and hoping uh, on on the web um, and I know there's targeting mechanisms on the web but nothing compared to people putting their hand up and looking for you uh, in a, on a mobile device based on proximity and time of day pretty cool this is just the tip of the iceberg though this is going to be uh, it's going to be revolutionary for the industry there you Boom. have it. 83 done what a week it was what a week everywhere the nba finals are over we got baseball full in this in in the swing of things we got the uh, nhl draft that's happening we got trades everywhere the leafs are getting worse it's the greatest time of the year hey 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 no i like that trade Shen gone yes well we've got uh yeah it was quite the week around everything we had microsoft uh, tablet uh announcement we had the microsoft windows 8 announcement we uh, just we're about to move into uh the uh, google io next week we're about to move into Tether talks next week it's just the busiest time i'd love it right before the summer with the summer kicks in so stick with us we'll bring you episode number 84 next week as we do in sequence since number one all those years ago brought to you by ACNI. Well, I remind you that you can subscribe to this, uh, subscribe to this podcast, video or audio, through iTunes. The link is on ontether.tv, or you can just do a search for This Week in Location-Based Marketing in iTunes. We'd appreciate it if you did that. Give us like a, you know, a, a four-star or greater. If you're not going to give us a four-star, you know, uh, on uh, rating on iTunes, send us an email and we'll adjust what we're doing here so we do get a four-star or five-star from you. Um, don't don't give us a one-star. That's just That's just... That's just me. That's just me. Yeah. And if you got any story ideas, let us know. Uh, send send us a, a tweet or whatever uh, email, and uh, you know we're happy to. Uh, Absolutely. Consider. So until next time, Asif, we'll see you uh, in a couple of days in Toronto. And uh, for the, for those we'll of do. you who are watching or listening, uh, really appreciate the fact that you do this. Thank you for doing it, and we'll see you next week for episode number eighty-four, man, of this week in location-based marketing. See you next week, Asif. Have a good one. Yes.